Here we are on episode 85, listeners, and I just wanted to say a very, very quick thank you and shout out to our Explorer of the Week, Toby Foams. Now, Toby has been a great friend to the show ever since the early days, been messaging us about all kinds of strange and wonderful things going on both with Toby and with ourselves Uh, so thank you so so much for your support Toby it means the absolute world to us now you too can be an explorer of the week and have an episode dedicated to you just like Toby has this week all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored the link is in the description below Uh, and pick one of the tiers at tier three and above you can be an explorer of the week and we have all sorts of goodies and surprises and rewards going at various tiers so do check out that website again patreon.com forward slash aliens explored so massive massive thank you again explorer of the week toby foams aliens explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of ufo sightings alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a skeptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Neil and I have discussed some really strange things over the course of doing this podcast, but what is it about anal probing that seems to capture the imagination of the media so fervently? Quick word of warning, this week's episode does include discussions around sexual assault that some listeners may find distressing. But join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we discuss the phenomenon of anal probing. Hello listeners and welcome again to Aliens Explored, your weekly look at all things strange and aerial and unidentified. Um, I'm one of your I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Wasn't Jackson. sure. Are you what, call us presenters? I was going to say presenters. <laughs> yeah. I thought, should I say presenters? Are we presenters? Are we hosts? Should I say hosts? You'd think... Well, I pulled you up on it last time, didn't you? You did. Yeah, this is episode 85, <laughs> so you'd think I'd have, I'd have got the hang of it by now, but... No, you know, no, you like know sometimes you just go blank. Fresh. You go blank sometimes, don't you think? Wait a minute. Should I be saying that? All the time. All the time, mate. I go blank a lot. Um, yeah, have you been keeping? It's been a it's been a little while since we've chatted. It has really, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been keeping well, thanks. Um, you had your uh, daughter over for a visit, didn't you? Daughter and partner and and my new grandson. Well, not new, not not brand new. He's um he's over a year old now. It's new to you. New to me. Yeah, it's, it's my th- <laughs> it's the third time I've seen him. 
but it was the first time my mum had seen him, met, met her great-grandson. So, oh, uh, exciting. Yeah. Exciting. And, of course, granddaughter on the way, end of, end of May. Right, right. So is your daughter going to be coming back when she's a granddaughter, or are you going um, out there? I'll go out there, certainly. Um, it's your, your daughter lives in another country, for, a, for yeah, a, yeah. a bit of context yes. for our listeners. Yes, uh, my, yes, my daughter lives in Holland. Um, not in any. She used to live in Utrecht, but she's moved out to, moved out east where most of the extended family are. So she's living in a small town, and there's lots of family around. Um, in fact, her partner now works for um, Christine's uncle's family business. So yeah, it's all, it's all. It's a. They've got a nice life out there. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I know. I know well, I came out to visit you in Holland, didn't I? Because no. you were working out, there. out in uh, Amsterdam, yeah, which is... on, on a, a job, and um, yeah, I thought it was. A, I'd not been before. Oh, really? It was an absolutely lovely you, country. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, First time uh, I'd you ever certainly been. took to it. It you was, um, yeah. I mean, a bit. What well, I spent. Uh, it was days or weeks mm. there. I don't know. Lost track. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's not. So. So I'm making a little joke. Hmm. No, um, I, I'm not a, I'm not a partaker of the devil's leaf. <laughs> no, I, I used to. They're they're, used they're to trying to restrict that in Holland. I mean, they're trying to restrict all sorts of things. So they've got Are quite they? a conservative mayor, and um, yeah, they're 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 fed up with all these foreigners coming in and buying drugs. I don't know why they'd be fed up with that. If they've got drugs for sale, um, but well, I mean, is it taxed? Um. I don't. It's got a funny legal status. I mean, the shops are allowed to sell it, but they're not allowed to buy it. So there's an illegal side to the. They're selling it legally, but there's also an illegal aspect to it. It's it's strange. Okay, that's or or uh, maybe it's a case of like the whole Brits abroad thing. Um, people because they can't get it over here, they go over there have far too much of it because suddenly I can have it kind of thing and mm. then basically cause problems. So certainly Brits do go a bit wild in Amsterdam. They, they, they The permissiveness of the place and the free availability mm. of, of drugs and sex and all sorts of other things. And, and um, yeah, where they've come from England where, you know, not so much anymore, but pubs would close fairly early. Mm. And... Um, well, eleven o'clock's not early when you get to my age. <laughs> no, but yeah, when, when you're a young lad, and suddenly, well, actually, what what I experienced as a young lad going abroad was, I mean, you're used to being being in England, um, maybe in some parts of America as well. I, I don't know, but you're you're drinking in a pub, and you're just drinking and drinking and drinking, and eventually, someone will tell you to stop. It comes to Half past 10, 11 o'clock, and it's last orders, drinking up time. Mm-hmm. Haven't you got homes to go to? Come on, drink up, clear yeah. off. We, you're used to that. Um, suddenly you go you go to a European country, and um, and you suddenly realise, I'm completely pissed out of my head. I'm completely drunk. And it's, <laughs> and it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Why didn't someone tell me to stop drinking? I've been necking it since half past 7. <laughs> No self control. Yeah, that's what it is. When when you, yeah. when it, when when the rules are very strict, you don't need self control because well, self control is kind of redundant because <laughs> you just don't need it. 
Well, we've allegedly, and we've had it for some years now, it's now like 24 hours, pubs can open all day, hmm. all night kind of thing. But most pubs still shut at 11, in my experience. Yeah, I think it's uh, how long is it worth? I mean, they've got to earn a living. Um, well, why stay open yeah. for hours when there's hardly anyone around? Or there's just, you know, or, or all you're going to have is drunks and trouble. Well, why, why don't we just close it and say, you know, we're not going to make any money out of this. We're just going to have a whole yeah. lot of aggro. And, uh, and then with COVID and it, oh, let's not go into that. You know, drink responsibly, listeners. Mm. I, 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 I know that in America, there. in America, a lot of our American listeners will will identify the yeah they have very very strong, very strict drinking laws. Um, mm. That the drinking age in a lot of states is twenty one, and if you're mm-hmm. anywhere between twenty one and thirty, you've got to. Well, you have to carry ID anyway, as I found. Even if you know, when I was when I was in my late forties last time I was in the states, and um, you no, know, I was I was asked to produce ID, and I said, but the whole point of the idea is to prove that I'm I'm over twenty one. No one's going to think I'm under twenty one. The guy said, I don't care. You got to have ID. If a cop comes in the bar and asks you for ID and you haven't got it, we'll get shut down and fined thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah it's just it's very very strict. That's- Fair enough. Do you know what? I I kind of, (laughs) we're probably at odds on this, Mm. but I sort of approve of that. I think, you know, yeah, if you're going to ID one person, ID everyone. Well, I think it's it's almost a hangover. Keeps it fair. It keeps it fair, but it's, you know, when you're refusing a drink to a middle-aged man on the grounds that he can't produce ID, when the only reason for the ID is to prove that he's over 21 or she's over 21, it gets a bit... Because when we went to this bar, all the youngsters, they had their ID with them because they perfectly expected mm. to be asked to produce ID. All us yeah. older ones thought, well, why would we need ID? You can <laughs> see where it's, you know, no one's going to no doubt it. I, I remember once asking someone about why, why drinking laws were so strict in the States. And uh, he said, well, you know, kids can, they can buy a gun. They're going to own a gun when they're 15. And we don't want, we don't want drunk teenagers running around with guns. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. That's kind of <laughs> to us. That's the tail wagging the dog, isn't it? I mean, there's probably well, probably yeah, got some yeah, American that's the wrong way probably some American <laughs> listeners here. God damn, limey, <laughs> you'll prize my gun out of my cold dead hands. That mm. sort of thing. Yeah, we we just don't have guns here. It's it's um it's not really an issue with uh, teenage drunkenness. Nope. Guns aren't a factor. Nope. Indeed. Now, I've been trying to think of some clever segue to get us into today's topic from that, but I can't. So <coughs> let's just let's just, let's just go into straight it, into it, shall yeah. we? Yeah. So this week, uh, and this is this is a topic inspired by you, Neil. Mm. Ages and ages ago, we were talking. About, I can't remember what it was we were talking about on which episode it was. Or episodes, even I think it's come up a few times, mm. um, where we have talked about sort of the whole anal probe thing. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's looking at where does that actually come from? Does it have any basis in ufology, or is it all media hype? Uh, and why is it the media are so so hell bent on it? Well, I'm focusing uh, on this particular issue. Are they hell-bent on it? Um, I, th- I think a character in um, Independence Day 
um, who was the crazy drunk character? Um, didn't didn't he get? Oh yes, had, hadn't he been yes, ab- abducted him. and probed? Um, yes, he had. But generally, it doesn't um, happen um, that much in sci-fi, does it? Well, the the most kind of famous um, example I can think of of the media taking something like that and and uh, mocking's not the right word, but turning it into comedy. Mm. Uh, and I mean, yeah, the the guy in Independence Day, you're absolutely I'd forgotten about him. Mm. I mean, he was a comedic character as well. Yeah. So you know, there seems to be this thing media like you know, oh, wait, no probes, isn't it funny? Um, of course, South Park. Yeah, South Park's first ever kind of proper episode uh, after the pilots that were not aired was Cartman gets an anal probe. Mm. Um, and indeed, he did from from um, from an extraterrestrial. Yes, well, from a number of extraterrestrials, but um, but of course, this was on the back of kind of decades of it being talked about. Um, in fact, you know, the, I I remember a time I'm going back maybe to the eighties when you mention UFOs and, and particular abductions, and the first response you would get is, "Oh yeah, anal probes." Yeah. It was like there was this automatic correlation there. I mean, it obviously struck a chord when, when whoever came came up with it the first time. Is it just another way of making fun of people who believe in UFOs or who claim to have been had some kind of contact with you? <laughs> you got something stuck up your backside. I'm, yeah, do you know what? I, I don't think you're a million miles off the mark there. However, I've I've done a bit of research mm. into this, ready for this episode, as, as we always mm. do. We always do a bit of research. Um, and the first example in a an abduction report that I can find mm. of an anal probe happening uh, was indeed our very, very, very first episode was all about Betty and Barney Hill. Uh, well, Barney Hill talks in his report about... Um, receiving well, they, they both talked about um, painful, very invasive medical examinations. And at one point, uh, Barney does talk about having something placed up his rectum. Um, he also talks about having uh, semen collected as well. Now, hmm. I don't know if the two things are associated because obviously, um, prostate massage can. Um, Make you ejaculate, stimulate that. Yes, yeah. It's um, called anal sex, so mate. I don't, I don't know if the two things are correlated or if it's two separate things he talked about. He did feel that uh, there was something extracted associated with this this um, this anal probe. Um, but here's the key thing with that particular report: that aspect of it was kept well out of the media. For a long, long time. Was it kept out of the media or did Barney Hill add that to his story later? No, it was in his original statement that it wasn't made public. Now, you've got to think, you know, this was 1950s. 50s? I want to say. I think the early 60s, but yeah, whatever, around that time when... um, People generally didn't uh, yeah. talk, um, so, talk, talk openly in the media about things anal. Um, well, certainly not. Um, you know, there was obviously the um, the the subject matter. Yeah, it, it was it was a time of 
censorship of such topics. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so no, it, it was in his original report, but it didn't come out until much later. Um, uh, oh, because I, I thought it had been added because it sort of came out that he'd been subjected to that after subsequent reports and and um, i read on uh, the, uh, another another person we've we've done a, done a show about whitley streber mm. who claimed to have these yes. encounters with with beings and uh, i believe some some anal action was involved there well um yeah and there's there's obviously the movie that we looked at communion mm. um there is a scene in that where he's he uh, obviously played by Christopher Walken hmm. um, at the time, um, yeah, where he receives an anal probe. Um, and he said it made him very angry. Yes, yes. Well, sexual assault, that's not an unreasonable response. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he said, he said that was the point when I became angry. <laughs> right, that's <laughs> it. This, you've gone too far now. I I don't know if it's if it's that that kind of brought a realism to him of what was actually happening, or um, I mean, people people can react in funny ways during crises and trauma. Do you, do you think there there have also been cases of of guys saying to their wife, "Well, I'm just um I'm just going out, dear. I'm I'm going um um." UFO spotting, and then when they when they're in bed that night, and the wife notices that his his anus is all lubricated and loose, that he says, "Oh, uh, yes, I, I, I was abducted, darling. No, I, I didn't go anywhere near that club." I I <laughs> think that's, that's a fanciful thought because um, that'll be my first go to excuse. Well, I mean, it? we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the wife asking um, you why your anus is all lubricated. You know, you know, this goes out public. Don't yeah. you? I mean, <laughs> we've all been there, haven't we, no. listeners? Um, I'm going to say no. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So coming back to Whitley Street, but you, you're absolutely right. You know, there is uh, that there was his sort of admission and of, of what happened. Mm. Uh, his account, sorry, not admission. His account of what happened, um, and and I think that brought it very much into the public. Uh, well, brought a lot of public awareness to it. But even even beforehand, during the seventies, people had talked about this sort of thing. I think it sort of crept into public. I'm trying to remember when the public eye. when it came in, this idea that you would be anally probed. I'm thinking 1980s, and of course that was also a time when um, there was suddenly a lot of public awareness about anal sex because of the AIDS epidemic. Of course, you know, you, yes. You engage in anal sex and you die. So... That was the, that was the narrative... At the time, do you think it's the association then in the public consciousness? Um, maybe people fixated on it at the time because, yeah, um, anal sex was very much on people's minds. Well, yeah, and you've got this thing which they they'd labelled the gay plague, um, mm. and thanks to that, lots of heterosexual people died of it. 
<laughs> didn't take precautions because they thought it's a gay thing. I'm not gay. And then they catch it because it's a bloodborne disease that doesn't care about your sexuality or orientation at all. Um, there was a lot of misinformation about it at the time. But I mean, there still is to this. Yeah, time. but I think there, it was a it was a time of particular homophobia. Mm. And I also remember there was a lot of a lot of um, rage towards bisexual people. That um, a man, yeah, he might be having sex with a woman, but he's, you know, the night before he was having sex with another man, and that's how he's passing the the virus on into the heterosexual population. Bisexual people were blamed for that. I remember. Yes, uh, yes, that that's ringing a bit of a bell. I mean, I was, as I'm a little bit younger than you, so mm. yeah, I was I was really young at the time of of that whole uh, the. Uh, the AIDS thing, but I do remember it, and I remember people talking about the possibility of having to live in bubbles because of it, you know. And you had to well, make sure you clean the toilet seat down before you use it because mm, you, you have know, no immunity to anything. If, if you, you know, well, if you have to use a public toilet, yeah, you got to make sure you clean the seat. And, yeah, I mean, do that anyway, listeners. But, <laughs> but, anyway, but you know, in those days, you were talking about you know you could you could get infected and you could die within weeks. Mm. Um, and now it's got to the stage where you get infected, you can live a normal life. You can, or, or yes. certainly a normal lifespan. You might have to take lots of drugs to keep you going. But, but uh, apparently, diabetes is now a bigger killer than than HIV. Mm. Yeah, no, we've we've come a, a huge way yeah. uh, with it, um, fortunately. Um, yeah, so I can definitely see, yeah, in the 80s, that correlation, um, definitely. But it does seem to me that there are lots of independent reports hmm. uh, when people talk about, you know, having been abducted, having been... Um, taken aboard spacecraft and experimented on or given mm. invasive medical exams. It, it does seem to be a regular theme, not in every case, um, no. but in enough. Now, the weird thing is you don't hear about them anymore. I can't remember the last abduction report I read of, of, of a recent case hmm. that involved anal probing you still hear about medical examinations hmm. about invasive examinations you hear about medical things happening but you don't hear about that anymore yeah I, I, I do just wonder if it was a particular zeitgeist that people talked about it because it was it, in the 1980s. The thing that came with the AIDS epidemic was there was a lot more frank discussion of matters sexual in in the public arena than there had been previously. For instance, condoms were advertised on television in the UK for the first time. They hadn't been before, and I don't think they have been since either. But there were far more frank conversations about it. So maybe they. Yeah, the more people want to talk about anal probes nowadays. Maybe they just say, "Well, <laughs> I didn't bother to mention it because I assume you took it as red." Mm, I, 
I'm, I'm struggling with that concept um, because people will talk about, you know, well, yes, no, they, they, they prodded my arms and chest. Hmm. Well, you know, that's quite an inane thing to talk about by comparison. Um, so if they'll mention that, then yeah. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm having trouble making this about the extraterrestrials who have this particular interest and you know, they were interested in our, in our anuses and, and now they're not. Or maybe it's different extraterrestrials who are different, uh, interested in different aspects of us. I think it's more to do with our own cultural references that, that this this anal thing became anal probe became a thing at that Possibly. at a particular time um i mean it, it it's hmm it's a concept i struggle with. and i get what you're saying you know back in the 80s people were becoming more frank but i think people are way more frank and open now than they were yeah. back then but there was also a lot more homophobia then and and um you know, they 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 would make homophobic jokes about people who'd been who claimed to have been abducted. Oh, did you have an anal probe? Did you, did you enjoy it? All that, and, and people wouldn't be so inclined to do that now because they don't want to come across as a homophobe. Well, that's more of a reason for people not to talk about it in the eighties, where they would come forward now. No, that. They they would talk about it in the eighties because they're making fun of you. They're making a homophobic joke about the fact that you're oh, claiming sorry, being abducted. I'm talking about the victims. I uh, know. I'm talking about who the victims tell, and and the you know, and and, and well, that, that, that that's what I'm saying. The the, the victims the victims are saying, of abduction. Yeah, they say I was abducted by an alien, and immediately um, the the establishment or the, the their peers turn around and say, "Oh, did you have an anal probe then?" Yeah, but there were a lot of people. That would make fun of them. And it, 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 it seems to be a strange disconnect. There were a lot of people coming forward in the 80s saying that that had happened to them. Mm. And, you know, obviously they were suffering massive amounts of ridicule and, and at the time, shame mm. as a result of it um, because, you know, victim shaming was also a big thing um, that we're mm. getting better on. We're not brilliant at it now but um you know we're, we're getting better about you know not shaming and blaming victims mm. um certainly better than we were in the 80s but now now that we are in a more open society where people are less likely to be ridiculed people are not it i, I I don't think it's a case that it's happening and people aren't sharing it. I just don't think it is happening anymore. Hmm. Whereas it was then. And and I don't know why. And I'm, I'm struggling with this one. I, um, I don't know because... why they would do it in the first place. I mean, Whitley Strieber seemed to think that they they probed him because they wanted to remove faecal matter from his, from his anal channel. Well, if I wanted... If I wanted to get hold of someone's faecal matter, I'd shut them in a room with a pile of hamburgers and a potty and just wait. Well, assuming you had the time to do that. Well, if I, if I, if I can warp... If you're on a tight schedule... Well, no, if I can warp space, time and time travel and whatever, you know, I've got all the time in the world. Ah, you know. You're making an assumption there. I'm though. making assumptions, yeah. But, you know. 
Yeah, so so no, that, there's only one way no, to get to this guy's shit. We need to dig it out of him. Well, yeah, basically. I mean, and, you know, that was his, that was Whitley Strieber's take on it. That hmm. was his assumption that that's what they were doing. You know, we don't know what they have been doing hmm. or why. Uh, we have no answer for that. I mean, we're, we're, we're automatically assuming that things are being removed. I mean, let's not forget, we have talked in the past about implants. Hmm. And maybe it's something being implanted. It's, a, it's an easy place to put something in, isn't it? Well, it's, it's a way of getting certainly into the digestive system, uh, much easier than going through the mouth. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's a reason why people do colonoscopies. Um, hang on, no, yes. No, I always get confused between endoscopies and gastroscopies. Gastroscopy is through the mouth, endoscopy. Endoscopy is through the mouth as well? Is rectal. No, endoscopy is rectal. I, I once had both. It was like one straight after mm. the other. I had a gastroscopy, uh, which was down my throat, and then I had an endoscopy, which was rectal. Okay. I've always assumed that that's what it is anyway. But um, do you know what? Maybe our listeners can tell us what the <laughs> yes. difference between an endoscopy and a gastroscopy is. Um, but yeah, yeah, and, and, and a bronchoscopy. I've had a bronchoscopy as well. That, that's is that lungs? That's lungs, so that goes up your nose. Oh, that sounds horrible. It's not nice. Because your lungs, I mean, we, we think of them as big bags of air, but they're not. They're, not they're more like really a cauliflower. It's lots of tiny little sacks of, yeah. That, that, that's how divers get a burst lung, because they're coming up too fast. The air expanding in their lungs, particularly in the last 10 feet before they, they reach the surface, and blow out as much as you can. If, if, if your lungs were just a bag, the air would just come out, but it's not. It's like a... It looks more like a cauliflower inside, and air can get trapped. It expands and mm, horrible, horrible. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've reached our. <laughs> we've got about as in the show. Well, yeah, it's 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 an interesting subject. So, I mean, let's let's summarize. So, so I for one. I do believe that these, the, the, this oh, medical procedure, for want of a better, this this invasion. I don't know the right terminology to use for it here. Um, um, well, but medi- these, medical procedure, I, I, stroke, rape. That's the bottom line you know, of it, isn't it? Um, somewhere between it's those. It's not two. a nice word to use, but that's what it is. It is rape. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm convinced that for many abductees, it has been happening. Um, I am at loss to explain why we're not hearing about, maybe it's just that I'm reading the wrong reports. Hmm. Maybe there are reports out there, modern day reports of it happening that are just passing me by. Um, but what about yourself, Neil? Is it? Is it figment of people's imagination, or is there more um, to it? I, I I don't know. It, it's mysterious to me why suddenly there was it. It suddenly became a thing. Um, 
and they claimed it had been a thing for a long time, but we couldn't talk about it before. And, and now suddenly it doesn't seem to be a thing anymore, or we don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, I, I, I really don't know. I really mm. don't know why people would, why would you claim that it happened to you if it hadn't, unless you're trying to cover up for something else. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not, not sure. Not I, sure. Everyone that's has a reason. <laughs> that's yeah. Um, but what do you think, then, listeners? Um, is it as as some would say, just an overactive imagination on the part of the victims, or you know, are there indeed cases that I'm just not aware of? That, that you know, obviously, you're not aware either, Neil. Are you? I'm not aware. Um, no. But so I'll, I'll take that, a, I'll take you know, more of an interest now. I'll keep my eyes open for it. Indeed, what is going on? Do let us know via the usual means. You can email us aliensexplored at gmail You can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Aliens Explored. Or if you are one of our Patreon patrons, you get exclusive access to our Discord server where you can chat with us and like-minded people about all these subjects and of course all the previous other episodes as well as well as a bunch of other goodies that you can find on our patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and help us to make these these interesting episodes Mm. even if we are a bit stumped sometimes like this time um hopefully we're not going to be stumped next time though neil because we have a really interesting subject uh, we are going to be looking at the 2018 pole-to-pole contrail, Ooh. shows a vehicle went from pole to pole in a matter of minutes. Mm, was it an alien spacecraft? Find out next week. In the meantime, keep watching those invasive procedures and the skies. Catch you next time. Take care for now. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.